Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 78. I am Steve Heinrich, your host, and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey through design and technology and where they meet, plus other tidbits that I find interesting. This episode is being recorded on Tuesday, July 23rd, 2019, and is being released on Thursday, July 25th, 2019. Visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links. If you want to follow along or leave any feedback, it's always appreciated. Again, that's pixelswim.com. You can get in touch there in a bunch of different ways. So, uh, yeah, so I am recording this on a Tuesday, like I was saying. Uh, I will be visiting my dad this uh, coming Thursday and Friday. So, I am recording a little bit early. Tried to make sure I get this one out <laughs> on schedule, like usual. Uh, as you know, I've only missed one week so far out of the 70, been doing it for 79 weeks, but on episode 78 here. But either way, uh, let's jump in or dive in to our weekly feedback notes and links. So, yeah, thanks to a bunch of people, a bunch of feedback on the last episode, episode 77. A lot of it donut related, or at least uh, a lot of mentions of donuts. So thanks to Mike Latore for reaching out about he uh, was talking about a place called VG Donuts in Cardiff, California. And I guess it's a really good donut place where he grew up. I guess it's not as good anymore. But uh, yeah, because I think in the last episode, I was going over my Portland trip. I talked a lot about Blue Star Donuts being uh, one of our favorite places in Portland, uh, beating out uh, Mother Nature. But um, <laughs> either way, uh, Mike says he's he says as a huge Simpsons fan, uh, donuts are pretty pretty high on your personal hierarchy of needs. So yeah, that's uh, very true. And then he put a picture of Homer Simpson saying mm, donuts, which is <laughs> perfect. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Mike, for reaching out about all of that. Uh, thanks to Frank Neathart, who reached out. He said he wants to get a donut himself now. <laughs> but he says, as far as the browser goes, because last time I mentioned uh, that I switched over to the Brave browser, and he says that for the browser, how about the Edge device channel? So it's a Chromium-based and Microsoft has your data already. I use it at work among other browsers and it works really well. So yeah, that was a good suggestion. And it's kind of funny, I'll get to this in a little bit as well here in my notes is that I actually did switch over to the Chromium version of Edge not long after switching to Brave. But uh, like I said, I'll go into that in more in more depth. But uh, so and then thank you to uh, thanks, Frank, for that. And then thank you to Guillermo Ortiz, who also reached out and uh, says he also is not a line person and that uh, many uh, he doubts that many people are. Yes, this is in re- reference to the line at Voodoo Donuts in Portland. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> again, I, you would never know there's not line people, you know, there's not a bunch of line people people who are willing to wait in line out there, uh, considering how many people were actually waiting in line for that and a lot of other things, uh, any other popular sites and stuff like that. There's always lines and, uh, yeah, but thanks Guillermo for reaching out. And he also, Guillermo also said, uh, cause I believe he's over in China is he says the Muji, uh, store is, is big over there. Uh, he's, he says there's a store in Madrid where I'm at which I'm actually realizing now is actually in Spain. But either way, uh, he says, and there's one in Shanghai where he lives. Uh, So I think he goes to school in China and lives in Spain. But either way, uh, he says their pens are very popular amongst the Shanghaiese. So Shanghaiese. 
saying Shanghainese. <laughs> Forgive me. But either way, uh, thanks, Guillermo, for that. Yeah, actually, the pens and notebooks and stuff that they had at that Muji store in Portland was probably the coolest, one of the coolest parts. There's a whole bunch of different different uh, options there. My wife actually kind of wanted to get most of those. <laughs> but uh, thank you, Guillermo, for reaching out. And also, lastly, thank you to Kyle Helms, who's uh, actually reached out about the Chromium-based Edge again, uh, kind of, I think, in response to what Frank was saying earlier in the comments there. And essentially, he says he uses this for work all the time. I think uh, Kyle's in IT. So I think that he deals with a lot of different things as far as Microsoft goes and, and browsers and such. And so he mentioned one thing about the about Edge, the Edge-based uh, Chromium or Chromium-based Edge. <laughs> oh, boy. OK. Anyway, uh, he says that that because uh, there has been a few issues in the past with uh, recent past after uh, Microsoft released this version of Edge with uh Google services working or not working or Google blocking the Edge browser from their list of supported browsers for certain Google services, essentially. And then Google will, will say after the issue gets brought up that something like uh, like the breaking or not breaking, but uh, I know one of the issues was that I think it was Meet, uh, Google Meet which for business wasn't working in, in Edge, uh, the Edge Chromium Edge. <laughs> it's so hard because there's two different versions of Edge. So I'm, you got to make sure I say Chromium Edge. But uh, yeah, so he was essentially talking about how Google has seemingly been messing around uh, blocking support in the Chromium version of Edge. And uh, they uh, they kind of, after they find out about the issue, it seems like a day or two later, they fix it, quote unquote. So yeah, thanks to Kyle Helms for reaching out about that uh, a little more information about the uh, chromium edge browser so yeah thank you that's all the feedback for this week that was all on me we it's probably the longest comment thread i think i've had on an episode so thank you everybody for that and yeah if you want to leave comment or feedback yourself you can go to pixelswim.com like i said at the top of the show uh, you can there's a comment section on the show notes pages as well as social links to Twitter or MeWe. So if you're on MeWe, you do have to have an account and connect with me on there if you want to do that. So thanks again, everybody, for your feedback this week. All right, so I'm going to jump into this a little bit early in the notes here. But uh, yeah, it's time for the LJJ6 Weekly Report. So yeah, I did some cleaning up of uh, apps and files on my LG after vacation was over. I decided to kind of clean things up a little bit. So I got rid of most of those travel apps, which I probably won't need for a while. I do have the it's it is uh, 32 gigabyte uh, gigabytes of storage on, uh, on the main the main storage on the LG G6. So it actually does with all the apps that I have installed, it does start to creep up to that a little bit a little too close for comfort. And so I decided to sort of clean up all the apps that I'm not really using or any of those travel apps. And yeah, just to get things running a little bit smoother. So and part of that cleanup process was uh, on the G6 there. LG has a smart cleaning app and essentially it'll go through and clear up your cache, clear up your RAM and, you know, stuff like that stuff that uh, that manufacturers like Samsung and LG have been including on there 
devices for a while. I think a lot of the Chinese manufacturers do that as well. So just to help clean things up. Uh, this week, the G6 did freeze up on me again. I forget which app was the culprit, but it did freeze up. I'm not sure if it's related to cleaning up all the cash and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's two times in the last few weeks. So it's just uh, I have been thinking about doing a factory reset on the LG G6 and, and then including uh, formatting the SD card and just starting completely fresh and just to give it a nice refresh uh, because it seems like it could be, you know, it could be a little messier on the inside file system or anything like that after a long period of use. So I haven't done a factory reset on it in a long time. So, it'll, you know, that might be a, a good idea to get things back on track and keep it up and running really well. So, yeah, I think that's it, though, with the LG this week. Yeah, that's it. So that's been your LG G6 weekly report. All right. So after that, uh, the talking about the G6, <laughs> I uh, have been just, you know, I'm always kind of looking around at phones and stuff like that. So I decided to kind of start looking to at the Samsung Galaxy Note 9. Uh, I know when this was released, I'm pretty sure there's <laughs> I have audio evidence of it on this podcast back when it was released. Um, I think it was over or at least a year ago now, maybe a little bit less, but Either way, uh, yeah, I've been looking at the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 pricing just to kind of see where it's at, because that's a, definitely a phone that I would never buy new <laughs> out of, or at least when it was released, I would never buy it new, uh, mostly because it started at $1,000, which is, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't do that. But either way, I decided because it's been a year and it's a phone that it was intriguing to me when it came out, uh, specifically because it had a, a big battery and a note device. And so I started looking at the prices and because, yeah, like I said, because of the battery and, and all that stuff. So uh, a lot of intriguing things. It is kind of the kitchen sink phone. So that's kind of appealing to me. And then the S Pen, it seems like a kind of a fun tool to have on hand, even if potentially I wouldn't use it very often. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of like I said, it's the kitchen sink phones, so, which is why it interested me. And then it had the big battery in it. But uh, and I have looked at uh, I've talked about this in the past, looking at the LG Stylo 4, which is kind of the budget quote, budget note device, uh, about a third the price and uh, a third of the power, too, though. But yeah, it's not quite what I wanted to go for. I mean, the, the Note 9 has been obviously a, a flagship phone. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of in the in the path of, I think, buying a flagship phone that's a year or two old at this point as my daily driver. But uh, again, this was all just research. I wasn't actually going to pull the trigger or buy any of these. It was just to kind of see where the pricing is at a year out. So I looked at pricing for the for a new version of the phone, the 128 gigabyte version, not the 512. I do not need the 512. I do not create enough content to need that. I think 60, I, I think I may have determined that 64 gigabytes is enough for me on a phone, uh, which on this G6 obviously isn't, uh, hasn't, it's not quite up to that level, but the, the uh, Note 9 does come with 128 or 512. So I would just stick with the 128 version, 128 gigabyte version with six gigabytes of RAM. And uh, that would probably be way more than enough for me. So plus it has an SD card slot and, you know, if for some some reason it came to the point where I needed it, but uh, it'd be nice to have just internal storage. But uh, 
yeah, so I started pricing a new 128 gigabyte version. Uh, I sort of started coming across this on Microsoft's website because Microsoft, I believe, sells a version or they do sell the Note 9 on their website. And it when I was started looking at it a few days ago, it was on sale for six forty nine, but uh, it went back up. I think the sale ended and it's back up to seven ninety nine. So I missed the one hundred fifty dollars savings there. But not that I was going to buy it, like I was saying. But uh, yeah, so it's just something to keep an eye out on that there's potential that there will be sales that go down to to six forty nine. But yeah, Microsoft had it on theirs. I think they may pre install a lot of the Microsoft services on it, including Microsoft Launcher. At least when I was in the Microsoft store in Portland, I noticed the phones they had on display, mostly the new Galaxy S ten series. They had all of the Microsoft services included on there already. So that's potentially what uh what they would do with this Note 9 on their that they're selling on their website. But I also found that it is $799, $799 on Samsung's website as well. But Samsung does have a trade-in if you trade in your old phone. And the LG G6 is on the list of LG devices that they will take as a, a trade-in. And they will give me $75 for the LG G6 if I uh, send that in uh, towards, you know, that's towards the purchase, uh, thus putting the price down to 724 if I traded that in. And I looked on and on Swappo to kind of see where the, you know, selling the LG G6, like how much that would sell for. And $75 is actually pretty fair, uh, especially considering mine is a T-Mobile locked version and it, uh, you know, the screen isn't, isn't perfect anymore. <laughs> so uh, it's got some, light scratching and etc on it some normal wear and all that but yeah so 724 on samsung's website uh the pricing for a used uh or like mint or very good version of the 128 gigabyte version of the note 9 uh mostly checking on swappa is that the unlocked version uh because i i look at both the unlocked and the t-mobile version on swappa so I can get a pretty good condition one uh, of the unlocked version for between 480 and $600. So the course is, like I said, this is used, so the prices are going to be a bit lower. So 480 that seems like a decent uh, price, uh, something that I'd be, you know, willing to maybe, you know, save up the funds for kind of a thing uh, up to 600 600 is a little little high still <laughs> uh, the t-mobile version on swappa is between 425 and 570 so a little bit lower it's always a little bit lower on the network lock version because you know obviously it's locked to a network so it's not as uh, valuable and then gets different it's you know it's a kind of a different update channel for the phone but uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. So low end 425, high end is 799 new. <laughs> so low end used 425, high end new 799. And yeah, that's a uh, it's still pretty high. Obviously, the Note 9 is still a really good device. It's not that far out. It's kind of held its value fairly well. Uh, it's you know it's not like some of the LG phones that I've seen uh, also on Swappa like the G7 and G8, which are down there in the you know one one fifty to two fifty range uh, for you know a phone that's been out the same if not not as long as as the other one as uh, the Note Nine, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I 
do think potentially, potentially, quote unquote, that I will be looking at the Note 9 as the device I use after the LG G6. And it's kind of crazy because it is big. It's a big old device. It's a big, big six inch, six something inch screen on there. I can't remember the exact sizing. But I do remember, again, like I said, when it came out, it was kind of a, a device that I was intrigued by, uh, especially like I said, especially because they threw in a bigger battery. Finally, I know they were kind of playing it, playing it cautious with uh, the Note 8 and putting a 3300 milliamp hour battery into that one, uh, especially after the Note 7 debacle. So, uh, and of course, the Note 7 debacle is when the, all the batteries started exploding. But either way, yeah, that's uh, just kind of where I'm at. Um, like I said, I just like to look, I think I would like to buy it new, which means that right now I'm probably won't get one uh, anytime soon. I'll probably have to wait at least another six months for some, some bigger sales to come around and wait till the note 10 comes out, that kind of thing. So the price will go down quite a bit. I did look at the note eight a little, but uh, it's, yeah, it's not as uh it's not quite the same that that new S Pen that they've put in the Note 9 uh, with its uh, some of its Bluetooth capabilities is uh, part of what intrigued me to uh, the Note 9 as opposed to the Note 8. But uh, stand by. We'll, we'll, we'll keep looking in the future. I'll keep my eye out for pricing on that and we'll see how it goes. But yeah, that's where my head's at as far as uh, shopping for the post LG G6 era in my life. But uh, either way. All right, so the next bit of notes that I have here real quick, I wanted to go over the the sat, kind of the status of my Plex server. So I kind of had stopped ripping DVDs. I'm and I'm kind of kind of in a spot where I don't really want to go back and start doing it right at the moment, but I do have all of our movies ripped onto the the Plex server, which is my old laptop and an external hard drive connected to it. And so yeah, so I've kind of stopped that for now, but uh We've actually started to watch some of the Plex movies via the Roku uh, from the, the Plex, our Plex server from my laptop. So it was kind of one of those things where I had the laptop kind of shut down in sleep mode when I wasn't using it. So I decided that I would just set it up and keep it running for now as the Plex server kind of, you know, what I was shooting for ripping all the DVDs and then doing this. But I thought for the in the meantime, so we can watch those movies that we've ripped already, uh, we can I'll just set it up so it will be ready to go. And uh, when we want to fire up the, the the Plex app on the Roku, we can just everything will be there and ready for us. So I did put it in the laptop stand that I bought for it. Uh, which I talked about a while ago. I got that a while ago. And then I uh, secured the external hard drive to the outside with some of the 3M Velcro or interlocking tape, which I think I've talked about that a little bit in the past. I actually shared that also on whatever works at one point. But that's uh, secured on there and plugged in. So I got everything plugged in and I tucked the the, the laptop in the stand with everything plugged in uh, behind my my laser printer. So it actually fits behind it pretty well on the shelf that it's on. Uh, so it's kind of out of the way and the plugs aren't mashed into the wall. <laughs> and so actually how I put the laptop into the stand is that I made sure that the fans, which are on the technically, if you have, say, yeah, that laptop open in front of you are on the back side of the laptop. So when it, the lid is closed, it's on the, the back side. And so I put the 
the it, the hinge essentially is where the fans are. And so the hinge is facing up and then the what's secured into the laptop stand is the the opening uh, between the screen and the body of the laptop. So technically, I guess you could say it's upside down, but I wanted to make sure the fans were able to breathe just fine and not be blocked off by that laptop stand so that. Yeah, like I said, I got that all set up and running and so it's closed, but it's not turned off. And then I'm using the Google Chrome or the Chrome remote desktop to access the it if I need to, if I need to change anything on there or anything like that, which I really haven't been able to do or haven't had to do, but I've uh, been able to uh, double check to make sure that's working as well. And yeah, so for now it's up and running and we're just watching our movies off of it on the Roku, which is was the whole idea in the first place. And then eventually we may get a plex pass and be able to sort of stream stuff to our devices or watch stuff offline on our devices that kind of thing so yeah i just want to make sure i retouch base on where my plex server is uh, just so everybody knows i haven't abandoned it I, yeah it's just up and running for now and uh yeah that's it and eventually i'll rip the rest of our uh dvds to it uh, mostly have like tv shows left and that's not as straightforward so i think that's why i got a little burned out uh, and stopped ripping DVDs, but yeah, we'll, uh, I'll get back to it at some point. All right. So my last bit of notes here does have to do with my desktop browser update, which I was kind of mentioning in the feedback portion of the show here is that I did move away from the brave browser pretty quickly after using it about one day. I think I used the brave browser and I kind of decided that it wasn't the chromium flavor. It wasn't my favorite chromium flavor. So it just uh, wasn't as polished as I thought it would be. Some of the interfaces, it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. It's not bad at all. It's, like I said, it's just not my my favorite flavor of chromium. So it's just yeah, something about it just a little off. I do love the idea behind it. I know Kyle Helms mentioned in his feedback as well that he likes the idea behind Brave, but just isn't a huge fan of the UI. Uh, he, I think it he kind of said more so the Chromium UI, which a lot of these Chromium browsers pretty much share and then kind of customize to their own liking. But yeah, so with that said, I did move over to the Chromium version of Edge. Uh, so yeah, that essentially ex, you know, imported all my bookmarks and stuff there. I kind of went with the idea that I'm already using all of Microsoft services for email, contacts, calendar, cloud storage, that kind of thing. So uh, I'm kind of all in on Microsoft right now, so why not go to their version of uh, or their oh, the Chromium version of Edge? <laughs> so either way, uh, yeah. So I've I've actually had the uh, dev channel of the Chromium version of Edge uh, installed on my PC for a long time, for many months, but I've never used it very much. Uh, I kind of open it every once in a while to kind of take a look, but it has improved quite a bit over time as it's obviously being developed pretty actively by Microsoft and uh, not all of these sync features are available. There's, you know, you can't sync your history addresses or phone numbers or passwords, that kind of thing between say the desktop and the mobile browser via, you know, signing in via your Outlook or your Microsoft account, but uh, not too big of a deal, honestly, for me. I don't do, uh, you know, I don't sync my passwords or addresses or phone numbers or anything like that. I don't like to store those in the browser, uh, especially the passwords. Obviously, I'm using the KeyPass database, which I use, you know, separate apps and stuff for. Uh, it's nice that uh, 
the Chromium version of Edge actually does use, or you can install all of the the Google Chrome extensions on it. And for the most part, it says, you know, that they'll work, but there's no guarantee. But I got the ones that I needed, specific, specifically uh, the KeyPass Husk extension, which adds the KeyPass database so I can autofill or at least uh, have at the ready things to paste in my usernames and passwords for my online accounts. But yeah, so going back to kind of what Kyle Helms was alluding to with Google services, Google related services, uh, I have been using the Chromium version of Edge for about a week. And I haven't had any issues with Google related services. And that's mostly probably because they've addressed the issues with the things that that uh, that I'm, or at least the services that I'm using. So I do use Gmail for work. We are a Google Apps or Google Suite or whatever you want to call it. The we are on, we do use that for all of our email accounts. So uh, the Gmail works just fine. Obviously, it works better in a Chromium browser than it does pretty much anything else like Firefox or even the other version of Edge. But uh, this week, I actually did have to use Google Meet for work. It was the first time that I've ever actually had to use that uh, very much like a Hangouts type thing. And it uh, was it worked really well. I think there was a message when I first tried to join the the meeting, the Google meeting, that uh, it didn't or rather it, it showed a message that said it may not work. <laughs> and so I think this is kind of Google's way of, of letting you through, uh, but basically having to select continue. Uh, like I said, but it worked well after I think I, I just selected, yeah, just continue. But yeah, I also tried the remote desktop, the Chrome remote desktop via the uh, Chromium version of Edge, and it did also display a message that it may not work. And uh, but I just clicked to continue anyway, and it works just fine. <laughs> I'm just uh, yeah, obviously, Google wants to I think they they genuinely want to scare people away from using another browser that's not their own. But uh, for obvious reasons, data collection, etc. But uh, either way. Yeah. So the Google related services, no, no, like I said, not a big issue uh, so far. I'm sure uh, there'll be some sort of roadblock in the future with those. Uh, especially because I do have to use them for work, like I was saying. And uh, we'll see. Hopefully, it won't be too much of an issue going into the future. I mean, people find these things right away. So, yeah, for now, it's a, I like I do like the Edge browser, the Chromium version of Edge <laughs> as my, my main browser. It's been working really well uh, as far as uh, a Chromium browser goes. And uh, like I said, I wish I could use Firefox, but it's just there are, like I said, there's just some speed issues that... Uh, during the day when I've got a lot to get done, it starts to add up and, and get a little frustrating over the day. Uh, and even certain features and stuff just do not uh, work in, in some services, especially because we are using Google uh, for work. So yeah, I just thought I'd mention all that. I am using the Edge browser on mobile now. I'm trying to pretty much use all Microsoft services on, on my on my devices now, my Android devices, mainly the obviously the LG G6 and the Moto X4. I've got all the Microsoft stuff kind of lined up on the home screen as far as app shortcuts go. Uh, I got the email, calendar, to do, OneDrive, and Edge are pretty much my main ones on my main home page. So yeah, that's just kind of what I've been doing with my my browsers and stuff, just keeping everything within Microsoft. And eventually, 
everything will sync as far as the history and etc goes with the the edge browser so we will see in the future for now like i said i'm just going to stick with it uh, it's been good so far it's been about a week and a half that i've been using it and pretty much since i uh, switched away from brave i haven't gone back and yeah it's been good so far all right, so let's wrap things up here on episode 78 of the Pixel Swim podcast. Thank you for tuning in again. If you want to leave any feedback or get in contact, you can go to pixelswim.com and uh, follow all the social links or use the show notes uh, any different way. Uh, email me at steve at pixelswim.com if you'd like to do that as well. Anything's always welcome. So yeah, again, thank you for tuning in. Tune in next week for episode 79, getting ever closer to 80 and even 100. So <laughs> uh, we'll see when we get there. Let's uh, let's take it a week at a time, folks. Uh, let's calm down. That's mostly a message to myself. But either way, thank you again for tuning in. Have a great afternoon or evening or flagship phone or budget phone or giant Note 9 with an S Pen or whatever phone you happen to be using when you're listening to this. So thanks again and God speed. <laughs>